Bert Cohen here. We are keeping democracy alive. Check for pulse. Stand clear. Push to shock. So yes, there's a huge gap between public opinion and public policy. That people don't feel that they can do very much. You know what this is? This is a very Hamiltonian system. Alexander Hamilton being the guy here in a very un-Jeffersonian. In the case of the Republicans, it's dramatically the opposite. Uh, but even in the case of the Democrats. An absolute typhoon of terror against African Americans in the South. America's fascists are those people who think that Wall Street comes first and the American people come second. We're really seen as a financial sector that's uh, gotten out of hand. The shooting, the violence, that is not a drug problem. That is, in fact, the drug policy problem. I speak tonight for the dig- dig- dignity of man. The dignity of all people. Everybody should have the same equal rights. I think that's pretty much accepted, at least by this uh, new generation, the millennials. Hasn't always been like that, though. In fact, my niece was one of the very first people in America to marry her same-sex partner. It was in Massachusetts, the first state to legalize such marriage. It used to be the case that uh, my brother's life partner would have no legal right to visit him if he were very sick in a hospital. As they were not legally married, luckily they were able to work with a lawyer and create some legal agreements which heterosexual married couples had automatically and for free. Now, of course, the U.S. Supreme Court struck down laws disallowing same-sex marriage, and uh, now everyone across America enjoys equal rights to the hallowed covenant of marriage. And along with rewards come risks. There used to be comedians who would joke about their willingness to share the anguish which often comes in the years after tying the knot. The point is marriage is not always all hearts and flowers. The laws of marriage itself are relatively recent in human history, I believe only about 300 years. But for gay couples, it's really new. As a result, many gay and lesbian couples accustomed to living off the grid are so thrilled to have the benefits of marriage that they gleefully jump into marriage, perhaps without fully understanding some of the consequences. Alarm bells might be going off, as with any rights come responsibilities. Surprise! Our guest today is Elizabeth Schwartz, whose new book is called Before I Do... A Legal Guide to Marriage, Gay and Otherwise. Chapters in the short book include such topics as estate planning, pre- and post-nuptial agreements, and organizing finances. So straight or gay, before I do, is relevant for all couples, young and older, and a crucial handbook for anyone considering marriage. Because, as Schwartz explains, just because you can get married doesn't mean you should. Liz Schwartz, thanks so much for being with us on Keeping Democracy Alive. Elizabeth Schwartz has been practicing law since 1997 and is one of the nation's best-known advocates for the legal rights of the lesbian, gay, bisexual, and transgender community. Her law practice focuses on family formation, adoption, insemination, and surrogacy, divorce, and estate planning and probate. Elizabeth served as counsel on the case challenging Florida's marriage ban brought by the National Center for Lesbian Rights 
on behalf of six same-sex couples and members of the Equality Florida Institute seeking the right to marry and is still working on a case suing Florida for fair issuance of birth certificates to the same-sex uh, married couples. Schwartz also served as counsel on several cases that helped overturn Florida's 1977 ban forbidding gays and lesbians from adopting children. Boy, was that crazy. Thank you again for being so with us. What was your reason for writing this book? Well, it, 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 thanks, Bert, for having me. And, and I love uh, talking about uh, exactly how this book happened because it's such a funny, it's such kind of a funny story, and it's very different from, I think, the journey that, that most authors go on. Uh, for years, I've been explaining to people that we should have the unfettered right to marry, but we should do it with deliberation. And I've been kind of going around the country delivering what, for some people, is kind of a buzzkill message, uh, which really sort of just boils down to look before you leap. There's a lot of consequences to marriage. And while I'm very proud to have served on the legal team to get the ban overturned, uh, I'm also very mindful that we've got folks who are kind of jumping into marriages and just not really having a full sense of, of what they mean. And so I was... I was up giving, a, giving this talk at uh, Florida State University in Tallahassee, and one of my colleagues on the panel was a gal who uh, is also an author, Professor Martha Ertman, and she uh, went back to where she teaches at University of Maryland and was chatting with a colleague, friend of hers, Julie Enzer, who was also teaching in the undergraduate uh, program there at University of Maryland. And Julie, as, as, a, as a professor, was doing a lot of women's study stuff and, and was kind of freaking out that she would have all these young LGBT students kind of bounce down to her podium at the end of every class on a Friday and be like, we're going to go get married this weekend. And so Julie was like, whoa, these marriages are real, people. Like, let's slow down. Let's maybe have, have a book that teaches these folks what all the legal consequences of marriage are. So, ah. so Julie, the professor and the editor, chatted with Martha, the professor, and Martha was like, actually, I just was on this panel with this gal who who that was her risk. So, so that's how it came to be. It was sort of a bit of a backwards uh, uh, way to, to, I was asked to write it, and, uh, and uh, I'm, I'm really proud of how it turned out. I think it's got a lot of important information in there, and, and I'm, I'm really proud of how people are taking to the message. I, I guess, as I say, I thought it was always sort of a buzzkill thing to have to, when you're in the middle of thinking about something so fun and romantic, right. have to think about boring, prudent, things that are that are in this book uh but uh, but i think folks are uh, are happy to to be considerate and 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 hopefully help me fulfill my fantasy that gay people kind of do marriage a little bit better a little a little smarter wow that would be institution. that would be a good thing because certainly uh we straight folks haven't always done it so well <laughs> to put it mildly my goodness gracious yeah. so uh you know i i was remembering actually talking about adoption when uh-huh. uh Many years ago, uh, I was running for Congress in 1986, and the member of Congress at the time wanted to know how I felt about uh, gay adoption. I said, of course I'm for it. He said, oh, nope, get out of here, forget it. You know, I mean, it's like what? there were young people, kids who needed adoption. There were yeah. families ready to adopt them. Right. It's just uh, 
I don't know. It's, it was really nuts. I mean, I don't know what... Gosh, and that was in New Hampshire, right? All that time ago. Yes, way back <laughs> Amazing in... Amazing to think how... I, I guess I think of those of us in the South as sort of particularly backwards for the longest time, uh, whereas whereas I, I guess I imagine everyone in, in New England uh, to, to be <laughs> so, so evolved so much sooner. But uh, wow. I, I guess there's exceptions, right? Oh, yes. Um, yeah, but we, we've had that same conversation here for the longest time where we've, we've had... I mean, at times four, five, six thousand kids languishing in foster yeah. care, and and yeah, it's like what logic, what sense does it make to contract the pool of potential adoptive parents? You'd think you really. want to expand the pool. Absolutely, I don't know. They, maybe they thought it was catchy, but I I, I have found that uh, you know it, it seems that virtually all gay people came from straight couples, you know. So. <laughs> <laughs> exactly, exactly. Right. You, th- my parents didn't make a, a straight kid, <laughs> so any more than I can make a gay kid. Absolutely, so, uh, yeah, absolutely. Exactly right. Well, it, it does seem that my sense is that the struggle for equal rights began in earnest with the Stonewall protest back in 1969. Give us just a little history of how we arrived at the freedom to marry nationwide, and has marriage become a catalyzing struggle for the LBGT movement? Well, first of all, this is an impossible question. Can I take the whole hour to give the whole history of the movement? <laughs> because, no. of course, it did, in fact, uh, start before Stonewall. There were some incredible uh, activists in, in different parts of the country, uh, different organizations, Mattachine Society and no, Daughters right. of Belitis. I mean, there, there were uh, lots of amazing, pioneering uh, LGBT people uh, who, who didn't have any... Uh, uh, support at all, and and so so Stonewall was was one uh, real, of course, a catalyzing moment in our yeah. movement. Uh, and 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 as I say, it's a, it, this is a hard one to give a brief answer because sure. the the victory for marriage equality was fought and won over over forty five years, and we, wow. we tend to think of it as a as a more recent conversation about marriage, but but certainly what Stonewall did was 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 kind of cohere yeah. a community that was sick of being beaten on and and uh, and th- thrown in the backs of paddy wagons uh, just for wanting to hang out with one another. Uh, mm. and, and 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 so what Stonewall did was was certainly get more people around the country pissed off, if you will, forgive the vulgarity. Um, and 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 that that anger uh, certainly then uh, led just a few years thereafter uh, to couples want, talking about wanting to marry. And there was a, a a case brought by a couple guys in the Midwest, Baker, uh, that went to the Supreme Court uh, in 1972. That uh, case got dismissed. But then fast forward thereafter, 20 years to an effort in Hawaii uh, uh, in the early 90s, where a few brave same-sex couples challenge oh, Hawaii's right. discriminatory definition of marriage and, and, our move, and to our movement's great surprise, the Hawaii courts agreed, and, and that turned uh, into the U.S. government feeling compelled to pass a federal law defining marriage as only between a man and a woman known as DOMA, or the Defense of Marriage Act. Oh. And, and so then states followed suit passing their own DOMAs, uh, and after a number of false starts and and quite frankly, a movement that wasn't quite ready uh, or united to, to take on this civil rights issue, we, we did begin to convince courts and then legislatures that 
uh, these marriage bans, federal and state marriage bans, are unconstitutionally discriminatory. And, and as I said, first in New England, yes. uh, thanks to the amazing lawyering of, of GLAD uh, or, or GLBTQ legal advocates and defenders that, that you guys are lucky to have based up there and has been helping us around the country. Um, uh, and then efforts across the country, people really realize that allowing gay people to marry wasn't compromising the institution of marriage, but really strengthening it by making it more inclusive of all loving and committed couples. And and so ultimately, it was the 2013 Windsor case and in which this U.S. Supreme Court declared that federal DOMA law unconstitutional, which was an amazing victory, but still left the state bans intact. And so then more lawsuits commenced, and along the way, more state bans were repealed until the final nail in the coffin, uh, which was last year, the 2015 Obergefell case, where the U.S. Supreme Court said that all state bans against the freedom to marry are just as unconstitutional as the federal ban was. So there you have it. Voila, nationwide marriage equality. It only only took 45 years, but there were so many amazing people whose who's courage and effective oh, yes. advocacy and willingness to just have private conversations with family and loved ones and tell their story. And that, that's how we got to this point. And, well, that answer gives most of those people short shrift. Hopefully you, you get the gist. Yes, and it, it was a, a long struggle, and it seems, uh, you know, it was an overnight success after 45 years. Right, right. <laughs> it doesn't seem like it. Really amazing. You married your partner in 2013, just three yes. weeks after the U.S. Supreme Court repealed the it's the, the essence of the Defense of Marriage Act. Terrible yes. title. My goodness, terrible title. Yes. I just, uh, 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 it sickens me, really. Yeah, the, we, we call it the Denial of Marriage Act. Don't, oh, that's a good title. The Defense of Marriage Act, Denial of Marriage. Yeah, yeah that's, that's a much better title. It's still yeah. D-O-M-A. Now, at yes. the time, the state of Florida, where you lived, would not recognize your marriage, as you were just talking about. Was there a practical reason, as well as a romantic one, for tying the knot? Well, absolutely. What 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 kind of lawyer would I be if there wasn't also a practical reason, right? <laughs> I, have to, I have to practice what I preach. Uh, we we were we were together for eleven years, and we we knew we were in it to win it. And and once the Windsor decision came down from the Supremes, the the potential advantages of marrying really began to to outweigh the risks. Uh, we we for a long time I had been reluctant to marry. Uh, uh, until there were real benefits to doing it, because uh-huh. it didn't, you know, we, we were committed. We, we didn't need the, the piece of paper from the city hall, uh-huh. to quote Joni Mitchell. We, we were just more uh, uh, concerned about sort of ways in which the government could uh, potentially use a marriage against us. Uh-huh. Um, so if, for example, one of us ended up with some debt or a lawsuit, uh, something like that, we were worried that, that in, in Without any advantages to the marriage, because still Florida didn't recognize it, and there was there was the d- denial of marriage act uh, in effect. That that we were afraid that that the law would be used, as I have seen it used against clients, uh, as as more of a sword than a shield, and to to force folks to be responsible for their partner's debt, something like that. So so once the the Windsor decision came down, and once there were began to be federal benefits. Uh, for for our marriage, we we really realized it was time uh, to to reweigh the to, to have a new conversation, right? To to weigh it out again. And so, uh, as it happens, also at that time in 2013, we each had a parent who was both failing in health and and for whom 
seeing us married conveyed a, a, a real sense of safety and stability that was very meaningful uh, to them. So while neither of us felt marriage was something that we particularly need to evidence our commitment, we understood that it had a different meaning, meaning for those particular parents, uh, both of whom have passed away since. Right. So there, was, there, so there, were, there were practical reasons. Um, my wife had spent her whole life working for a newspaper whose parent company was based in California, and if I wanted to get her pension at death, then we'd, we'd have needed to be married. Uh, and, and, and then I guess the aspect of, of, of that... <laughs> of that writing career that's more romantic and, and uh, the, the, fact, the aspect of our marriage with, with regard to that career is that she quit that newspaper to pursue a fiction career and, and always had a sort of an unease and a kind of a guilt about leaving the full-time job to take this leap of faith and I really wanted her to have this, this strong sense of safety that, that, that I think marriage does convey. I, I wanted to, to really make it very clear that her leap of faith into fiction was an investment that I was committed to. So, so it, that that was sort of the romantic aspect of it, uh-huh. <laughs> uh, and and I talked to my accountant, and once I got her blessing, we we got married in a teensy little ceremony in a Bennington, Vermont synagogue uh-huh. with just a few family members there. Beautiful place, and um, we were really uh, it was it was very meaningful beyond what we both expected, I have to say. And if you just tuned in, dear listener, Bert Cohen here. The show is Keeping Democracy Alive, and we're speaking with Elizabeth Schwartz, author of the new book, Before I Do, A Legal Guide to Marriage, Gay, and Otherwise. And and, and talk about uh, legal aspects. I understand, uh, correct me if I'm wrong, that that in if, if there's some, some difficulty, uh, if somebody gets into trouble, uh, the courts, again, if I'm correct, cannot force a spouse to testify against correct. the other spouse. But if you're not married, you don't have that protection. Is that correct? Absolutely. Absolutely. It's, it's very uh, uh, important to kind of think about all of the ways in which marriage can be a, a, a tremendous benefit. And that's one of those that's one of those ones that 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 people just sometimes don't think about yeah. uh, the, the the ways in which we have protections against uh, uh, ratting out one another, uh-huh. uh, <laughs> and uh, and of course that doesn't survive divorce. So people could testify after divorce, but uh, that that is a very important one. There are lots of lots of these little things that are really big things at the end of the day. That uh, it, it was our thought. People just. Did, didn't didn't quite know, and that's a that's an important one, absolutely. And I know here in New Hampshire, uh, where the show is coming from, originally it was civil unions, and a lot of the legislators thought, oh, that's good enough for them, for those people. <laughs> and right. w- w- what about? Are there people now? I wonder who who are uh, in civil unions. Do, do they need? Is it important for them legally to? get out of the civil union and make it into a marriage? What about uh, those, the, the people who find themselves in that situation? That's a great question, Bert, and you, you're absolutely right. You have that a lot uh, up in New England. I have good friends who are in a civil union in Vermont, and they're finally getting married after, after several years of really kind of thinking about it, uh, because, yes, they absolutely would, would want to convert that into a marriage uh, if they want uh, all of those benefits, well, not all of them. I mean, certainly some state benefits. Uh, I'm I'm guessing would still be available to those those friends in Vermont. Uh, but but if they want to, for example, file their taxes jointly, uh-huh. uh, they would need to, ha- to to have a legal marriage because the IRS 
doesn't recognize a, uh, a civil union or a domestic partnership. The uh, Social Security Administration, uh, they will look at what they call an NMLR, a non-marital legal, legal relationship, but, uh, but they will tack that on to a legal marriage for the purposes of Social Security uh, survivor benefits and, and retirement benefits. So, so yeah, if, if, if folks want the full range of protections uh, that, that marriage can give them, then they do need to 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 marry there there are a few states where you where you got if you were in a civil union or a registered domestic partnership they did automatically convert but but if you're living in one of those states you would have gotten a letter uh from from that state government saying you you'd have to opt out of a marriage if you if you didn't want to be married, that kind of thing. Uh, but uh, but I'll tell you that the other piece of this, that the question you didn't ask, but it's so important, um, is is that a lot of folks think, well, I'm in a civil union with Mary, and now I'm want to get married to Jane, and Mary and I don't live in that state anymore where we got. Civil union, oh and so this place where I live now, they only recognize marriages. They don't recognize a civil union. I've heard that kind of fact pattern more times than I can count. Really? Um, yeah. And what? And you have to make sure that you dissolve that civil union to that other person, because otherwise, that's bigamy. <gasps> that is that is a legal relationship. And uh, I, I keep hearing folks tell me, I, I had a client tell me, a potential client say, no, 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 that, uh, like she's trying to tell me, like lecture me, no, no, that status isn't recognized in Florida, so I don't have to worry about it. <laughs> I'm sorry, you do have to worry about it, you know. So, so if someone is in any kind of a legal relationship, even if it's just a domestic partnership registry in your municipality, uh, and you break up, you've got to make sure that you dissolve that status, all of those statuses, wherever they are. I mean, unless it's just a, a, a commitment ceremony that you had in the backyard of your home, that that doesn't carry with it any legal weight. But, but if you are in any kind of a legal status with someone else, you, you want to make sure that you dissolve that status, that so you don't have any, any kind of polygamy problems. And, uh, and, and the, the, only, the only thing just to add to that is that uh, if, if you are in a civil union or domestic partnership with the person that you're marrying, you, you don't need to dissolve that. There's no reason to, 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 to end a status with the same person that you are still in a relationship with <laughs> wow it, it does get complex i'm sure yes, but that's that's what sure we does. what we have lawyers for and and just thinking of of business you know one of the uh, best things for the real estate market of course is divorce yes. <laughs> because <laughs> and each person needs a new place to live that's right um, that's true it's it certainly is is complicated there and i have no idea how many divorces have been enacted among same-sex couples since marriage equality became the law of the land. Are there, you mentioned the one there, if they haven't gotten out of a prior relationship of some sort, legal relationship, are there challenges which are unique to same-sex divorces? Yes, absolutely there are. And, and, and to answer your first sort of a, a, implied question uh, about how many gay divorces there have been, right. you know, it's it's it is sort of more or less tracking uh, at at a, at a little bit of a lower rate oh. than heterosexual divorces. In other words, the marriage rate among same-sex couples 
is is uh, excuse me the divorce rate is uh, at the moment still I believe a little lower than it is for heterosexual couples. But the reason for that, of course, is that for a lot of us. Uh, we've been together for decades before yes. we get married. Yes. So uh, it, it's not that sort of standard hetero trajectory of you're together for a couple of years and you get married, then the, perhaps it doesn't work out. But uh, but for, for a lot of same-sex married couples, that marriage was only legally possible uh, after they've been together for a long, long time. So, so, uh, so uh, But I expect that over time, the rates will equalize, right? And then we'll end up with the same, uh, more or less the same success of our uh, marriages. Uh-huh. Uh, but, uh, but w- gosh, ways in which they're different. There, there are so many unique complications uh, to, to same-sex couples divorcing. And, and one of the main ones really has to do with exactly that point that I just made about same-sex couples being together for many, many years right. before uh, marrying. And, and so, as you can imagine, when you're together with someone, when you have a spouse, uh, and you're together for many years, you buy and sell property, you build up assets together, you maybe build up debt together, all of the above. Um, and so, uh, the way that family law works, while it varies state by state, the way that it generally works is you divide up the property equally right. what was accumulated during the marriage. You divide up the assets and the debts. So imagine how much more complicated that becomes when you have a same-sex couple that is not uh, uh, in a uh, a legal relationship for the length of time of their uh, marriage, right? Ah. You've got a couple that's been together for 20, 30 years, married for two years. How do they divide up the property? What, What is subject to... To well, in Florida we call it equitable distribution. It's got different names in different states, but but uh, yeah. how, what what is the property that is being split up? Uh, and so that's difficult. Uh, spousal support. Most judges will only award spousal support or alimony for a long term marriage. So Whoa. if you've been together for thirty years and one of you stopped working and he's managing the domestic sphere, that kind of thing. How how does a court Grant alimony for for a two year marriage uh, when it's when really it was a twenty five year marriage and if it was a twenty five year marriage that would have been a whole, whole different uh, ball game in terms of spousal support. Wow. So it's a it's a it's a very uh, interesting thing. I mean there are a lot of um, uh, unique wrinkles that that uh, that we're seeing uh, and and certainly. That's one of the reasons why having a status of some other sort can be very helpful because I've heard from my lawyer colleagues from around the country that they've been able to include uh, evidence of a commitment, uh, uh, you know, years before the legal marriage. So that's that's been helpful for folks, and uh, and I think that as we as we evolve, um, you know, judges will will hopefully see our relationships as equal to the heterosexual couples divorcing before them and 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 be able to to use their their principles of fairness and discretion and and perhaps uh uh look more sort of expansively at the relationship and 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 what is fair uh another way i'd say that we've had some complications in our and that we are seeing complications in our in our divorces is that I think 
ju- judges are are still you know human, right? And and they I think are we're seeing cases where sometimes they're just not comfortable granting spousal support alimony to to a man who's been taking care of the home because he's a man. Mm. You know, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and 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 we've seen cases where judges are just sort of, even if they're not homophobic per se, they're just kind of challenged by seeing a non-traditional family structure, uh, uh, and 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 they might kind of have a problem wrapping their brains around giving this man alimony because that just sort of doesn't fit oh, right, with their right. gendered notion of the world. Oof. Wow, it does get complicated, and you know it's yeah. difficult enough yeah. in in uh, good old straight marriages. And I can just imagine the you know the uh, difficulties if a couple, gay or straight, has been together for a while before marriage. Legally, boom, that date, the document is there. That's you know you got the uh, license then. That's that's when it's uh, when the law is effective, and after that, and before that, you know, isn't quite the same thing. Wow. That's true, right? And and I think for for a lot of straight couples who are together for a long, long time and then marry, uh, you know, it's more of a conscious decision, right? They 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 can, but they choose not to. And so so I think that that they they will typically face a lifetime of explaining to their to their parents, you know, why they're not married, and so they have the opportunity to articulate that why why they don't feel like it, it doesn't make sense for them, whatever their their aversion to it, they they were burned before they saw ugly divorces happening with their parents or you know if it ain't broke don't fix it kind of a thing but uh but for for same-sex couples it's it's absolutely a different ball game we didn't have the right uh and 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 now that we do nationwide it's uh it's sort of incumbent upon us as a community to really sort of investigate all right well before we just jump into this let's see if this makes sense for us and uh especially for folks who are Gun shy, or in in any way, um, have have seen bad marriages and have seen people get burned. It's uh, uh, it can be a scary prospect to think about uh, tying the knot. Well, as I mean, there are pitfalls. You know, it's not as I said, not all hearts and flowers from day one until the very end. That rarely, rarely happens. And as you were talking, I was thinking about how, you know, it, there there have been throughout history a lot of. Uh, Shotgun marriages, shall we say, where there is a child born that's unintentional. And what kind of a, you know, marriage does that make? Does that make for a happy marriage necessarily? I don't think so. Whereas gay couples, uh, you know, it's not always, there's not suddenly a child there. Oops, what do we do now? Do we uh, uh, do the honorable thing? It's it's more of a choice, I would think. Yeah. And I, th- yeah. I think it's interesting that so many right-wingers, I can't call them conservative, I don't know, they're not conserving the Constitution, any right-wingers <laughs> insist marriage is all about procreation, period, just yeah. having kids. Of course, a great many straight couples have no kids, and there are an increasing number of single parents who... You know, what of this? Aside from emotional benefits to kids, does it make a difference in legal, economic, or other terms for kids to have married parents? What about the legal aspects of that? Yeah, that, that's a great question. I, 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 I think it absolutely is important that if if a child is being raised by someone and a child perceives that person as that child's parent, 
that that parent absolutely must be recognized as a legal parent. And, and that is very much about the relationship of the child to that parental figure. And so if a person is, is raising a child uh, and that person is a legal stranger to that child, uh, that perhaps is, is just a guardian of some sort, uh, that, that is something that, it, that the child is, is, it takes on board. That is so, we learned this from our experts that we had testifying in our adoption ban case. I don't uh-huh. to say the name, but <laughs> we had, you know, in, in, in several cases that we litigated to overturn the uh, ban on gay people adopting in Florida, we uh, learned about how, from a psychologist, how very important it is to have uh, a parent be a legal parent, because a child really takes that in. You know, when you take a child to the doctor and you've got to fill out a bunch right. of forms because you're not the parent, you know, that child takes that on board, and the, the, the therapist says that child really... Um, uh, uh, feels less safe, has, has a sense of less stability, but but do the, so. But but do those parents need to be married to one another for that child to feel safe? I, you know, I, I don't know. I mean, I, I I would imagine that it would that it's a good thing. Uh, I mean, I would imagine it doesn't hurt. I, I don't think it's essential. Uh, certainly, we see lots of awesome co-parents continue to raise their kids. Uh, mindfully and, yes. and and compassionately uh, after they divorce. Yes, um, lovingly. Yes. You know, certainly you see a lot of kids. I, I I think I think when kids start going to school, right? They they kind of they kind of talk to other kids and they hear about their sort of married parents. And so then I, I have clients who say, "Well, we're getting married because our kid asked us to." <laughs> <laughs> you know? And and that's that that's cute. I I just I just am I'm just sort of mindful of saying of the of of saying the kind of the generalization that kids should have married parents because I, I just don't want to like throw single parents under the bus. Right. Right. Um, I, I, you know, I'm just that makes me anxious to do that because I, I just don't think there's one way to be a parent. And, and absolutely, I, you know, and, and and I'm also, I guess, also thoughtful about uh, or mindful about the ways in which um, marriage for 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 it's just not on the landscape for a lot of LGBT people, straight people too. But I think for a lot of us, we've been really happy living off the grid. Yes. <laughs> and, and, you know, and I think there's this sense that of this sort of mainstreaming where it's like, oh, now everybody's got to get married and have kids and that's going to be, you know, that's not for everyone. And, and nor should it be. Yeah, for sure. And, <laughs> and regarding children in divorces, since yeah. it seems unlikely that both parents would be related by blood to right. to all the children. I mean, uh, my right. niece, for example, uh, her her wife, they have two kids, uh, mm-hmm. and it's it's complicated. What can I say? Yeah. It's complicated. Yeah. They love them both. They're both yeah. parents. But I wonder, oftentimes, you know, in divorces and things like that, I would think the the judge uh, looks at who's related by blood, and therefore that parent has more legal rights somehow, more responsibilities. Oh, Must be some unique right. legal challenges. What, yeah, what yeah. about that? I hope not. I mean, they're not supposed to, right? I mean, there, it, it is supposed to be about what is in the best interest of the child and, right. and, and nothing more. I mean, that that is what it is supposed to be. Uh, and and so it, it shouldn't be that a, uh, that a that there's any 
supremacy in biology. Uh, and, and, and of course, we, we learn many times over working in the adoption realm that biology does not make a family, that, that love makes a family. Yes. And, and so, you know, we, we certainly hope that judges are, are not uh, unable to see uh, what, what, what really a family what really a family is, and it's, it is not it is not created by blood. And 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 I've had cases where you know it's interesting where where same sex couples will break up, and you know whenever we do the adoption uh, hearing, the the colloquy in court, and I always ask the biological parent, I say, you understand that you're giving up rights to be the child's sole legal parent, and you're doing so because you believe it's the best interest, yes, and you, do you agree that if, God forbid, you split up, that you guys are going to be on the same footing from the perspective of rights and responsibility, yes, and so, of course, that awful case of Alzheimer's always sets in uh, if they, they should break up, and, and, and it's just terrible because couples are, 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 are going after each other and, and having... Uh, acrimony, and and certainly what we then see is that biological parent then say, well, all right, I mean, we don't have equal parental rights. I mean, I'm still the biological parent, and uh, and, and that just is really not supposed to be. It, mm. it's, it is supposed to be that they are on equal footing, that they have the same rights and responsibilities, like, like any other mother and father, if you will, yes. where the uh, time sharing or, or custody is right. determined based on what is in the best interest of the child. That is the way it's supposed to be. The way it's supposed to be. Well, it doesn't always yeah. work out the way it's supposed to be, <laughs> as we know. Say it ain't so, Bert. Say it ain't so. Oh, my goodness. Well, you know, the, the title of this book, uh, it fits. Before I Do, A Legal Guide to Marriage, Gay and Otherwise. And again, the author here, we're pleased to be talking with Elizabeth Schwartz. Um, and you write... Uh, about uh, the same-sex couples that jumped into marriage as soon as it became legal, caught up perhaps in the excitement of the historic moment. What, what do these couples have in common with straight counterparts, perhaps, when it comes to understanding what they were getting into? I mean, you know, people getting married, really easy. You know, you just go get married. And now it can be done for, for uh, uh, gay people as well. What percentage do you think? I mean, do, do people really... There's a lot of legal aspects to it. I mean, you're in, in that business. And do, do people uh, generally have an understanding as to what they're getting into, do you think? Is, is maybe gay marriage is actually helping that? Yeah, I hope so. I mean, I hope the book helps that, <laughs> uh, help people understand what, what they're getting themselves into. But, but, but look, I mean, gay and straight people do it, right? You know, gay, straight people have the, uh, the Britney Spears uh, moment with, <laughs> where she, she was married for 55 hours. And, 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 and we have an unfortunate example of our own in, in Britney Griner, another Britney. She's a WNBA, an Olympic star, and, and she and her wife uh, married for 28 days. And mm. uh, and they they had you know all kinds of drama and babies and domestic violence allegations oh and 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 stuff like that. But but I I, I think both both Britneys married quickly and and briefly and with unforeseen consequences. And and I, I I do think the difference though is that for LGBT people, since many of us never thought we would see marriage in our lifetime, right. we just didn't invest much in learning what rights and obligations come with getting married. And, and since we have so much pent-up demand, I, I do think some are getting a little carried away and, and getting hitched without really thinking it through. Uh, 
one of my contributors in the book, someone who wrote, we, we call them cameos, some, one, of the, one of the contributors, she said that the difference is, is that straight couples have their families telling them to get married. We have organizations telling us to get married. Oh, wow. Yeah, isn't that an interesting observation? Huh. And, and, and so I have so many examples, as do my other uh, colleagues who practice in this area of folks sort of going and taking a, uh, uh, taking in a Broadway show in New York and then going to the gay pride parade and then thinking, oh, let's go get married, this will be fun. And then they're just completely shocked when they find out that they like have to split their 401k with this person or something you know it's just, it's just totally crazy uh, to them but that's that is what they got themselves into and that's <laughs> what it means and 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 so but so so but but I, I don't want to give the impression that that this sort of ignorance is the is only the province of of the no of course not uh, <laughs> oh my goodness we straight people have been doing it for years that's I mean, right that's right well that's and that's what's funny that's sort of how the the, the book uh so i gave you at the top of the hour, I gave you the, the kind of backstory of how the book got created, right? So it was initially uh, focused on, on just a legal guide to help LGBT people understand what marriage means and doesn't mean. And, and so then we're, we're up in the Berkshires in the mountains of western Massachusetts uh, last summer, and my mother was uh, going on to all her friends, telling them about, you know, Lizzie's book and Lizzie's book. And, uh -huh. and, 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 and all the friends were like, I wish my son would have read that book yeah. before he married that gal, you know, it, 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 which is a much nicer way than what they actually said. And, and, and then we realized that's how the, the subtitle of the book, yeah. Gay and Otherwise, uh, really was born because we quickly understood this is not just something for, for the heterosexual, for the, for the LGBT community. Right. This is really something that, that heterosexual couples should, should be mindful of and, and, just, just kind of plow through before they get, uh, before they get married. There's a lot of good stuff in there about conversations to have about prenups, uh, questions to ask one another uh, before you get married, and th those questions that are, you know, like, do you want kids? Where would you want to retire? Who would you want to inherit from you uh, at, at, at your death? Uh, do you have debt? What's your income? You know, those questions are literally all pulled from my conference room, like from, from things that people did not know uh, about their spouses, or spice, as I say, since, yeah, the, right. plural, since the plural of mouse is mice, right. uh, so, so that they didn't know about their spouse uh, uh, when, they, when they got married. So I think these are, these are really universal uh, topics. And if, you know, a lot of the uh, so-called conservatives would talk about, uh, well, defense of marriage. We have to defend marriage. You know, it's, it's threatened. Well, it's, it's threatened by uh, drunk marriages, you know, people doing it at the last minute. The Las Vegas marriage story, you know, where people just go in and do it at the last minute. Uh, uh, it's not. And, and it's really, I don't know how long marriage has been around per se as an institution i don't think in the history of humanity it's really all that long and you have a chapter called alternatives to marriage i have a friend who is divorced and and said that uh she favored the idea of a renewable five-year contract oh i love that tell it tell I us love a, that talk about alternatives to marriage that chapter please <laughs> 
That's so great. I, I, I got, I'm just like taking a note. I'm just like writing that down. That's a, that's a brilliant <laughs> idea because, you know, for, for different reasons, it, 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 it makes sense because, I mean, I'm thinking about different directions in which that idea makes sense. In one direction, it makes sense as you as your relationship deepens and you're thinking uh, for maybe you did a prenup and you wanted to make sure that nobody got anything on divorce. And then maybe uh, five years later and then 10 years later and then 15 years later, you would feel differently upon divorce. Uh, you would feel that you did want to make sure that that spouse received some spousal support or, or, or that the home was divided or, or something like that. Uh, and, and then, of course, the alternative, and perhaps what your friend was suggesting, is that uh, you could feel five years, 10 years, 15, 20 years down the road uh, that the relationship was was uh, not in as solid a place. And you might want to think about doing uh, uh, some sort of document or something to modify uh, what would happen in the event of death or divorce, I mean that's a that's a that's a powerful concept and a and a great idea. Um, I do think that uh, that we would be 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 better off if we lived in a system like in France, where when you sign, uh, I think it's your marriage license in France, you literally check a box that where the equivalent of checking that box is a prenuptial agreement. Wow. It's, it's something I, I understand that it's something like your your when you check this box all of your income is um is separate. separate. You know, your income wow. is separate, your assets are separate or you're going to commingle. Wow. And, and that's something that people really don't get uh, here. They don't get the concept of the significance of commingling their assets. Uh we you know if you if you get uh, an inheritance from your parents, right. that's separate. But the minute that you put that inheritance into your joint account, you've just commingled it. So if you are exiting that marriage and you want your inheritance back, you, you're not pulling that out of your marital bank account. Hmm. Um. <laughs> well, I, w- I wanted to ask about, you know, a- a- along those lines, the, the idea of a prenuptial agreement. You know, you have a couple, gay, straight, doesn't matter. They're going into this romantic thing, always in an exciting. Uh, and the, the idea of talking about a prenuptial agreement is like, you know, really throws cold water on the whole thing. Shit, yeah. but... You know, it, it takes kind of the romance out of it. But but what are, what are your thoughts about it? I mean, you've seen a lot of marriages, divorces, and things. Prenuptials are they a, a good thing? And just like you know, a stiff upper lip and and just recognize that you know, don't let it get in your way of doing the marriage. It's a good idea. Or what are your thoughts about prenups? I mean, it, it does kind of take the romance out of it. Yeah, I mean, I, you know, I don't know. I guess I'm funny because I think communication is romantic. You know, I, oh. I think open, <laughs> honest communication is hot. So that's me. I'm weird that way. But uh, but I, I think the thing about prenups to understand is that it's it's really uh, – it's it's like an insurance policy. You mm. wouldn't buy a car without getting car insurance, right? I mean, you're getting into this marriage. This is just an insurance policy. As I say to absolutely everybody that walks out the door with their uh, prenuptial agreement, may this be a w- tremendous waste of time and money. Yeah. We talked about it. We, we communicated openly. We drafted something that anticipates what would happen if, God forbid, but, but may we not have to worry about it. Uh, and... and and I do hope that that's the case for folks. But I will say that 
that one of the advantages of prenups that's built into the concept of a prenup is that it has to happen quite a bit of time in advance of the wedding. So ah. you really don't want a prenup that you're signing on a Thursday and the marriage is on a, the wedding is on a Sunday. Because that, what that does is it, it creates a, a presumption that you didn't have the time to really think about it, that both uh, partners didn't have the chance to sort of calmly, fairly negotiate it, that they knowingly and intelligently waived whatever rights that they did waive by virtue of that agreement. So one of the nice things is that, you know, when you do that, when you sign that prenuptial agreement several weeks before the wedding, it's, you know, you don't have, it's behind you. It's just a necessary evil. It's part of the thing. And then you can put it behind you and you can focus on the romance and, 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 yeah. and the good stuff because that's, that's, I think, the healthy, um, prudent and, uh, and really, uh, uh, sort of, sort of. I don't want to say strategic. It's that, that, that's just, the, just the, good the, thinking. The, I think the wise thing, the wise thing to do. And and I do think that that's romantic. But but you're right. It's it does it does kind of throw a wet blanket on on marriage preparations uh, for for a lot of people. And and I appreciate that. Um, I, I think a lot of times the you know when the when the family members of one. Uh, partner or the ones who are insisting on it, it can really create a lot of tension. Um, but that's why a, a prenuptial agreement takes all shapes and sizes. I mean, you, you, you negotiate them. So, so there's really no um, tr- sort of hard and fast set of terms for a prenuptial agreement. It doesn't have to be that when you sign this thing, that means you're getting screwed. You know, it could, it could, it could, it could mean that you're signing this thing and you're getting a good deal. I mean, I will tell you, especially from the perspective of some of my same-sex couples that have been together for a long, long time, we do prenuptial agreements where they come out markedly better than they would uh, if they didn't have a... Um, a, a prenuptial agreement. You know, a couple that's been together for 14 years, I just did a prenuptial agreement for them, and we memorialized in the agreement that in the event that they ever broke up, that there would be a very uh, clear articulation that the the one who had quit his job uh, about a decade ago to to manage the home, uh, that that this marriage would be treated as a as a long-term marriage, and he would receive spousal support. That's incredibly important, uh, and and it's something that he would not that would not see the light of day if he didn't have a prenuptial agreement. Yeah. He would he would be sent packing with zero dollars. Uh, so so you know prenuptial agreements can be a good thing. And I I wonder you know since you know for for gay couples marriage is a new thing, and you mm-hmm. know eyes are wide open probably more than straight couples. I, I wonder if, if, if prenups are, are more common or about the same. Any, any sense of that? I mean, may, there may be not enough data to, to be, you know, be able to make a, an opinion yeah, on that. I don't know if there's enough data to know. I, I, I guess in my, in my fantasy they're more common because, as I say, I really like to think that we're just being so um, uh, mindful uh, and, and so um, deliberate uh, I, I mean, I, I guess I would say that they're a little, perhaps a little bit more common because I, I think that we're coming at, at marriages as, as adults for the most part. So, uh-huh. you know, the same way that with, with younger 
straight couples that are getting married, you know, just there really are no assets, right? I mean, right. You're, you're, you, know, you come out of college a couple of years, what do you have? You have nothing but student debt. <laughs> um, <laughs> and I think when you see older heterosexual couples that have a lifetime of, yeah. of you know, decades of building up assets, they, they are more... Uh, mature and evolved and realistic and aware and and perhaps they even have kids from their first uh, go around. Uh, they, they are, I think, generally tend to be more tuned in to the idea of having uh, a prenuptial agreement. And so I, I would think I'd say the same thing about same-sex couples that they're uh, on the whole getting married, perhaps, or or the ones who are getting married when they're older. I think are a little bit more mature and evolved and attuned to the idea of having a uh, of having a prenuptial agreement. I mean, I'll just say with the book, I've I've had uh, a lot of folks who are older really say, "Oh my gosh, I'm so glad you sort of walk us through all of the, the iterations of a prenuptial agreement." And and I've had sort of younger gay folks say, "You know that." That's so grown up. That's way too grown up. We don't have to worry about that. I have nothing. Yeah. We don't have any assets. Well, you will, and then what's going to happen if it doesn't work out? Wow. <laughs> and, you know, it's, it's not done yet, I guess. In what ways is implementing marriage equality still kind of a work in progress in some states? I mean, there's the federal law. What are the cutting-edge issues still in achieving true marriage equality? Gosh. There's so many. Uh, uh. Certainly, we you, you referenced at the beginning our lawsuit against the state of Florida right. for the uh, birth certificates. So we've been we've been dealing with with that kind of uh, resistance uh, in in huh. in, in different uh-huh. cities and states uh, with, with with various aspects of what life looks like. Uh, for a married couple, um, so so we've got those kinds of enforcement implementation issues, kind of getting getting employers to understand that they've got to cover their same-sex married employees' uh, spouses. Uh, we, we've certainly seen a lot of issues uh, that are heartbreaking, where marriage really just came too late for people. Um, mm. You know, where where marriage. Uh, where folks maybe had already retired, for example, right. and they took their retirement account, their election from their state uh, employer or something, uh, and and they can't then elect to cover their spouse. You know, if you if you retire from most of these state systems, which it doesn't have to be that you, I mean, it could be a police officer, a teacher, a fireman, I mean, uh, uh, lots of, lots sure. of folks who are covered by the state retirement systems in different states. When you retire, your retirement uh, amount is based on like an election that you take, whether you want to you have a certain amount in your life and then the rest as a death benefit or you want to have uh, more in your life and less as a death benefit, whatever. And and, and so the, the election options are different if you are in a legal marriage. And uh, for folks who have already made those elections and then, and then retired, you can't go back in time. But, I mean, in terms of the, in terms of sort of what there is on the horizon now, I mean, Marriage was a critical victory, yes. no question, in helping LGBT people 
achieve a measure of dignity in our relationships, but it, it doesn't magically translate into full lived equality for our whole community. We still experience just the same discrimination as before, and in some cases, greater backlash as people resist the, the, the progress. Marriage equality isn't like a light switch which suddenly fixes all homophobia, transphobia, ageism, sexism, classism, gosh, racism. So it, there's, there, it's, it's a fantastic step, but we still have a lot of work to do to, to really achieve full-lived equality. Certainly our, our transgender brothers and sisters are, are being treated with awful discrimination yes. and all these ridiculous bathroom bills. Oh I mean, God, it, I know. You know, so, so we as a movement still have a lot of work to do. Um, there are many people for whom marriage doesn't even get close to, to, to providing them with the dignity that they need and deserve, but it does, uh, I think, start to show uh, homophobes that you've you, you got to treat us with respect. We, we deserve dignity. Mm, what a concept, Mer- you know, yes. equality and dignity. And, you know, you're making me think about, uh, you know, racism that, you know, having a the first black president we thought was a big step, but oof, my yeah. goodness, there is still a lot of racism out there. Yeah, and, well, and I think it's given people... Uh, Perhaps just license to to yeah. to let all their 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 they say the freak flag fly you know let their racist flag fly. <laughs> <laughs> Hello, Donald Trump. <laughs> yes, exactly right. Oh That's my just goodness! What I was thinking. Oh my goodness! Well, yeah. fascinating book. Good for uh, anybody thinking of of marriage. Before I do a legal guide to marriage, gay and otherwise, Elizabeth Schwartz. Thank you so much for being with us and uh, and really uh, doing all of our parts to keep democracy alive. Thank Thank you so much. Thank you so much, Bert. Appreciate it. All right. Go into the chapel and we're gonna get mad.